755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Welcome to 755 is real presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70 celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm with my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? Nothing. Friday morning. I think we're leaving town tonight. You're leaving town tonight? Maybe. I told my wife, she asked, she always asks if we can go on trips. I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to plan it, but if you book something, I'll drive. So we'll find out in about an hour. Well, I'm on your time, man. So it's early. Yeah. Not that early. Not what, 10 o'clock now. So, but I've been doing a lot of crack research. So I've been up, up, up a long time. Here. Crack research. <laughs> research and crack. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. No, that's not good. Um, the Braves are about to tee it up on the most important trip. I know we've said that a few times, but there have been some most important trips previously. This is the one now that becomes the most important because of uh, where they sit in the standings and how much, how little time's left. Obviously, you can't really afford to fall on your face if Philly or even New York, if one of them happens to get hot for a week you could find yourselves looking up again in the standings. So the Braves can't really afford to slip any more than they have. Uh, the lead is still three games over Philly. I mean, they're still relatively comfortable with, what, 19 games left. But losing back-to-back games against the Rockies didn't help. Um, I know the Rockies are playing a lot better, but still, you lost both games against the Rockies in this in the, in the uh, series this week, and then you had Thursday's game rained out. I tell you what, I think that rain out, not being able to play a sloppy field. I was thinking the same thing. I think it's going to help the Braves yeah. getting that get catching their breath before they start. They were in a stretch of thirteen games in thirteen days, uh, plus the uh, suspended game they have to finish. So that kind of gave them a quick chance to catch their breaths and also to skip the fifth starter this weekend against the Giants. Don't have to turn to Smiley or Tukey or Kyle Muller or whoever it was going to have to be mm-hmm. Sunday. Instead, the Braves going to got their best three pitchers going against the Giants. I, I was thinking too, just getting out of town earlier. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what time they they canceled the game. True, but yeah, it was early. A lot of times that helps you get into you know get over to the West Coast. I mean, it's a long flight. I think it's about three and a half, four hours from there. So you wind up getting into town with time to eat some dinner versus, you know, a normal game. It, it can really drag and, and catch up with you, but it was a day game either way though. Just getting out of there quick is nice. Yeah. They were out of there by early afternoon though. Yeah. Uh, they, they pushed it back, pushed it back to like two and finally they just banged it. And uh, so I would imagine they got on the road by three thirty, Yeah. Something like that instead of, yeah. Instead of seven or whatever. So. Yeah, the flight's closer to four and a half from to San Francisco. L.A., it's a little shorter, but it's a commercial, at least. It's like four and a half to here. Going, coming, coming from Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, it's a long – that's a long it's trip, a too, to the West Coast. This late yep. in the year, they just came off a West Coast trip. I mean, th- this will be a tough push for them, but so, got to make it happen. You know, Philly's just scaring me a little bit with the way Harper's swinging the bat. Yeah, yep. Harper's playing great lately. He's he certainly is strengthening his bid for uh MVP. Yeah. yeah, his numbers are pretty getting up there pretty good. The only thing he doesn't have is RBIs, and they're they're coming up a little bit too, but the rest of his stats are really strong. Yeah. So uh, you know, and Riley has 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 slipped a little bit in the last few weeks. Uh Freddie 
His numbers aren't quite where they were. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, those two were, you know, not leading candidates anyway, but they had shot, but uh, they've slipped. They've slipped as far as, uh, from what I could tell, just listening to people, talking to people, sounds like Tati still is a front runner, uh, but Harper's put himself right there with him. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they'll be able to, the Braves were able to push back Ian Anderson. Instead of going Thursday against the Rockies, he'll now go in tonight's series opener here in San Francisco. So that's good. They're going to be able to go against the Giants here on their turf with the Braves' best three pitchers going. So it's going to be interesting. Charlie going Saturday, Max Freed going Sunday in the series finale. These are going to be some good games, I think. Going to be good games. I, I think the most fun series I ever played in, well, I didn't get to play, I was hurt, but ever watched or was a part of was that 2010 series we played at San Francisco and then brought it back to you know, the playoffs when we brought it back to our place. But they were doing something with, they were they had the music locked in, the fans were going crazy. Linscombe struck out like 15 oh, against us. It was the probably the best baseball atmosphere I've ever seen. Brian Wilson closing? Yep. Yeah, when he entered that whole thing, jump around playing when Brian Wilson is face up with the beard up yep. on the big screen. That I, I agree. It was so charged. God, it was a lot of energy in this ballpark. Yeah. I'm looking forward to be, this will be the first time I've been out here with them good again yeah in a few years because yeah. it really got pretty you know she still got the most beautiful ballpark in the baseball but the crowds were about half the size they were in those days and they just weren't energized because because the giants haven't been good so from what i understand they're pretty close to getting back to being close close to full again and you've seen on tv against the dodgers a couple of these games have been they've been good been electric here yeah. again so i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to that for sure um they these guys are obviously still playing for plenty. I mean, they want to hang on and win the division. They they yeah. fled it all year, so they and, and they've done a good job of holding off the Dodgers. Every time you think that the Dodgers are going to get hot and catch them, the Giants have a great stretch, a great series, and uh, they got a still one there. lead. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so so you know they're going to get the Braves are going to see their best. I mean, they're they're playing. They got everything on the on the line here. They don't want to play that wild card game. Nobody wants to play that wild card game. Nobody. Anything can happen. Nobody except the teams like the Reds who are, you know, know they're not going to win the division and want are trying to get in. They would yeah. love to, to get in the wild card. Game. And I think that but, plays in your favor. I feel like, you know, if the Cardinals get in, I don't care who's pitching against them or what's happening. Like, I bet on the Cardinals to win somehow because they always seem to do it. But I think it works in the team's favor that doesn't necessarily deserve to be there. You know, like if you, if you wind up playing yeah. the Dodgers and they win 99 games or something like that and you cruise in with 84 – yeah. It's like you got nothing to lose. You're playing with house money. And with for them, it's like we just put together this great season. You know, there's a lot more pressure on them to win that game. No doubt. I mean, the Dodgers are good enough they would win it anyway because they're pitching. Yeah. But, yeah, some teams get in there and go, we did all that for this. we got to play these guys, this crappy team, before we have used one of our best pitchers before we actually open the, the postseason with the series. Yep. And then they, before you know it, they're down 3 nothing in the second inning of the wild card game. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes, man. One get one bad inning early in a wild card game, and it's like then you're playing the rest of the game, going, "Oh my god, we just played 162 games, and it's over because so and our so, pitcher yeah. had a bad inning, or somebody made an error, or, you know, like our yeah. our infield yeah. fly thing happened, which sucked, you know, just shit like that. Anything oh, that can happen night. in one game. If, that night, God. I mean, starters <laughs> starters take losses. Scherzer's not undefeated, you know, stuff like that happens, but. I, I, yeah, I'd like Wainwright in a uh, wild card game. I'd, I'd like his chances. Yeah, I think he'd show up. 
been there a few times. Yeah. It's amazing when you look at what Wainwright and Charlie Morton are both doing. Two of the best pitchers in the league this year. And Wainwright's what, two or three years older than Charlie. Mm-hmm. Wainwright's 40. Yeah. I don't know how Charlie's be 38. And both still have great stuff. Wayne, Charlie obviously throws about seven miles an hour faster than Wainwright, but Wainwright's got that nasty curveball. Yeah. I mean, that thing's always played. I see Freddie aging like those guys. You know, they're not big, bulky dudes. They're they're flexible yep. and, and athletic. But that's kind of when I look at Freddie and see how I think he's going to age, I think he's going to age kind of like Charlie and, and Wainwright. Yeah, Charlie and Wainwright even look, uh, even have the same bodies. I mean, they're almost identical. They're like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, lanky guys, long arms. Freddie, too. Yeah, yeah, for first baseman, he sure is. Um. So, for what it's worth, everybody, you know, is dumping on them, losing two to the Rockies. But the Rockies have been a terrible team on the road most of the year, but they're playing a lot better in September, man. The games don't mean anything, but they're playing, actually playing better. They're eight and six in September, six and one on the road. And that includes going to Philly and win three out of four against a Philly team that's got this plan for his playoff life. So, they beat Phillies three out of four. Then they took two from Atlanta. So they got to be feeling good about how they're finishing at least. But I, sh- I sure had written them off. I mean, you thought yeah. we're just going to roll over them in the road. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what game they're not going to bring their A game is if they have to fly back out oh. to Atlanta at the end of the season. The day after the season. They'll have their Can apartments They'll have their apartments packed. And you fly all yeah. the way across. You know, your numbers, are, everything's there. You know how you yeah. did. And just go play a game to you that's meaningless. You know, I mean, it'd take a good – a good manager to get his boys motivated to try to, you know, yeah. crush some dreams in that game because they're <laughs> a one game series on the road is is a tough yeah. uh, tough to get up for. Yeah, as bad as that rainout was, and as much as you'd want, you know, the Braves to uh, to not have to play that game by having a big enough lead. Yeah, um, there it, it, it could have been so much worse if the game had been in Denver and the same thing happened. Yeah, because then the Braves would be flying to Denver to play the day after the season ended, f- trying to get in the playoffs. You know, it would have been awful. And then, and then you then get in, go you got to go somewhere else, straight from there to somewhere else. Yeah. So, so as it works out, I mean, it's really not that. You know, if the Braves had to play it, they're at home. The Rockies are going to have yep. to come to them. And then the Braves are going to be going from there. They'll still have another day before the division series starts, I think. Yeah, and you uh, want to know how it's going to turn out. You know, you'd like to have that game in the books already. But, I mean, if they wind up getting a free off day before a West Coast trip, and if the Rockies have to come back out the last day of the season. And the Rockies might have to, if it comes down to that, they might have to sit around their clubhouse and wait and see if they're playing tomorrow type of deal. Their minds are going to be checked out. Imagine guys that are going to be like free agents and everything. (laughs) <laughs> this is your last game with the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to fly to Atlanta to play a game, but the Braves of course hope that it's not necessary. If they have a, if they have a, you know, game and a half lead, um, then they're not going to have to play that game. Right. They would have to, they, they would be in, just finish the season with 161, which, you know, it would suck if, if say, uh, if say uh, Duvall had 39 home runs, you know, yeah, or or someone else had you know just short of a hundred RBIs you or that something. Game. You don't get to play that game, but hey, it happens. I mean, it, it's uh, pretty common for teams to only only finish with 161 games or whatever. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, odds are for me, it's not going to matter. But if you had to right. have an extra game, that's pretty much best case scenario. Just be playing a team that's 
out of it and their season's wrapped up and they have to fly, you know, a couple hours just to play a one yeah. game set with you. And I think, uh, you know, Snit said, you know, they played Wednesday night in a steady drizzled rain. It was bad. The whole game was bad. And they've had to put all the diamond dry down. They did it like four times during the game. They brought the tractors out at one point in the, during the game and did the whole info during the game. But Snit said they still made the right decision because at the time the forecast was for just as bad the next day. So if they had not played Wednesday night, there was a chance if the forecast held, they wouldn't get but one game in, then you would be screwed. Yeah. You know? So at least they got the game in and, uh, you know, they could, they, there's no way they had of knowing how bad the ring was going to be the next day and try to play two on getaway day. Plus they'd have been playing two games on getaway day before coming out here. So, yeah, you know, I agree with them. They did the right thing. Uh, even though it was a sloppy field that night, they could not play yesterday. He said it was because the field was so soaked and saturated from the night before they put yeah. the tarp down overnight. Field really couldn't dry at all. Yeah. You know, cause it kept raining and, Today, when they put more diamond dry down, or yesterday, more diamond dry. On top of that, he said there was no base. It was just like mud underneath. So once you got through that diamond dry, he said it was like playing on a, it would have been like playing on a beach. Yeah. And then underneath is just mud. And so then there would have been a word about guys getting hurt. Yeah. And just, I mean, that's a nightmare. Big leaguers are used to such nice fields. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why those Latin shortstops are so good because they grow up playing on terrible fields. Yeah. But I think once big leaguers get comfortable with those predictable hops, you throw them on a sloppy infield. I mean, it just could turn into an ugly game, and yeah, guys can get their footwork messed up and hurt something. So I think they played yeah. it right. Yeah, it's funny you, hear, you you talk about that. People don't realize how pristine major league fields are, and oh, I'm reminded of it every spring when, like, a guy will have a couple of errors in a game or something, and Snit or someone else will talk about how bad the infields are at spring training because they get yeah. baked in the sun and all that because the average person looking at the field at spring training would go oh my god it's beautiful it's yeah. like so much better than our high school field or you know the college field i played on you know they all look the same to them yeah but it's that subtle difference is so obvious to a major leaguer to a little little bit man i mean the conditions are so perfect yeah the best groundskeepers in the world it's all perfect like golf courses you know like the major golf courses the difference between those and muni courses you know yeah, it's like a Ferrari, from a Kia to a Ferrari when you go from the minor league fields to the major league fields. You don't have to worry about bad hops for the most part in the infield no. on the major league fields. Sometimes it'll hit the lip or whatever, but not, yeah. not very often. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. So, by the way, the Phillies, they lost yesterday. They they keep doing the Braves favors. Yeah. Uh, but they lost a game. They're the first NL team in the modern era to trail by seven runs in a game but end up winning by nine. I said they won. I, I shouldn't say they lost. They won that game yesterday. Oh, they won. Yeah, against the Cubs. 
The Cubs lost 17 to 8 in a game they led the Phillies 7 to nothing and lost 17 to 8. Oh god. That's amazing. Phillies are first NL team in the modern era to trail by seven plus runs in a game and end up winning by nine plus. Anytime you're the first in the modern era to do something like that, I mean, that's. Well, normally once you're down seven, two, you start bringing in the, yeah. the B squad, you know, out of the pen. You're not, it usually just gets bigger because you, you're kind of almost throwing up the white flag and planning on having your, your horses ready for tomorrow. So, but yeah, that doesn't happen too much. And if it had been an expanded, normal expanded roster before, you know, with the 35 guys on it or whatever, you'd have been seeing all those guys pitch for yep. But, But, yeah, the Phillies pulled that off, so they got uh, gained a half game on the Braves yesterday when the Braves didn't play. Uh, I thought the – and the Cubs had been playing a lot better, too. Yeah. But, man, that'll set you back, losing that game. Jeez. Uh, Braves here's, – here's a stat that's a little troubling. Oh, while I was thinking about – have you watched this Mets thing, the 30 for 30 yet, the four-part? I'm going to. Oh, my God. You got to watch it. Do yourself a favor and watch it on ESPN Plus because, as far as I know, they've kept in the F-bombs on there. And we, I watched it last night again on ESPN because I had it on in the hotel. They cut out all the F-bombs. So it's like Lenny Dykstra says fuck about a thousand times in the four-part show. And, it, and when you delete his, when you censor him, it's and a bunch quiet. of other guys too, <laughs> Keith Hernandez, they all drop F-bombs. And when you censor that out of it, it changes the whole. It's yeah. not it nearly as real and gritty as it is when, because Dystra is, his interviews are, dude, you'll be on the floor laughing. Yeah. He's, it's he's, the funniest shit you've ever he's seen, out man. There. Was Roger in it much? Have you watched Roger's the whole thing? not in it much, but he's in it uh, when he pitched the five great innings in that huge, huge yeah. game. Might have been the greatest World Series game. Yeah. Um, he's in a little bit, yeah. But uh, the big stars in it are Keith Hernandez. Lenny Dystra steals the character. So he's so far. I mean, he's He has abused this himself, man. Nails. But he's funny. <laughs> Some of the things he says, oh, my God. Calls and himself Nails. Got, but it's four parts, and it's it's like, I mean, they could have just done it in two 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 hours parts, so they, they just split it up into four one-hour segments. But – my God, it's good stuff, man. It's so kind, you know, and to see the spiraling and strawberry and Gooden and all that and, 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 and good missing their parade because he's doing, he's doing Coke with some people he didn't even know on long Island, watching it on TV going, this is a low point in my life, you know, yeah. Just watching his teammates celebrate while he's in a can't get den, off the couch. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's remarkable, really, the whole thing. They do some history of the Mets and all that, and all leading up to it, how bad they were and everything. And, and they got great footage. Dude, the celebration that happened after they clinched the, uh, you know, LCS in the World Series then, after they won- clinched the, the pennant is remarkable. Uh, or I think it was no, after they clinched, period, to get in. And it, the the people storm the field like they do at a college football game. <laughs> the, the field is covered in people, and they're pulling up grass. Afterwards, the field was destroyed. Big, big squares of grass are pulled up. They pulled the home plate out of the dirt with like security <laughs> and everything. Somebody tried to steal it, huh? They did. They got it out. And after, <laughs> like it was like with concrete underneath it, and they got it out. But it's unbelievable. None of that would happen today. No. But it, and then they they marched uh, like when they had a chance to clinch, when they got close to clinching next time, they had like 80 horseback cops came out on the warning track before the ninth inning. So it ain't going to happen again. 
but it was amazing when they when they clinched what happened, how the the the, the celebration. But I gotta it's watch good that. stuff. But watch it on ESPN Plus though, and you'll see Lenny in his full glory. I can't wait. <laughs> They're talking about how cocky, how much swagger they had. You know, they go, "We're gonna go into your town. We're gonna fuck your women. We're gonna take you. We're gonna," take, you know. But Lenny was talking about how badass they all felt they were, how cocky they were. Yeah, and he said. Yeah, I didn't mind walking around acting like I had a 15-inch bleep. <laughs> uh, there's it's some like, really good photos of those guys, too, chilling in the dugout. You know, just yeah. they look so hungover, and they're smoking cigarettes, and they're going to go out and win that day. Oh, they partied every night, man. Davey's like, as long as they got there, ready to play. I mean, they were out every night on the road and, every, and in New York. I mean, New, New York, York was, like, hopping back then, yeah. you know? And they were in the clubs. I mean, they were down at... One guy who I forgot who it was was going to CBGB all the time. I mean, it was like I, I wonder, you know, crazy. people compare the different eras, and you know, everybody throws ninety nine now, and you couldn't hang with these guys. And they look back at clips from the eighties and nineties, and they want to say this guy couldn't play, you know, yeah. today's game. But I'm like, that you couldn't hang with those dudes. Oh and, no, and they still strapped oh, it on no. and played every exactly. day. Exactly, it's, it's just a different, different. It's just man. a different world now. It's you know, I mean missing the parade because you're you're strung out you know from partying too hard the night before yeah. that wasn't a first time thing and he still went out and probably could have won i mean he probably if he came up if doc Gooden came up in today's game he'd be throwing 104 oh Eat, yeah you know eating healthy doing all that yeah. stuff right you know i mean it's yeah. it's mainly just the training's different it's not necessarily he did what he did while spiraling on at 40 percent at 40% capacity, he was doing what he was Strong doing. Strong, too, man. Yeah, all of them. They were talking, to, oh, my God, that team, they were talking about our four, how Cash had blew up the team, you know, at the end. They had, uh, you know, Ray Knight was was getting old for her. Uh, Keith Hernandez was getting old. He went to the – he was traded to the Cardinals eventually. But at the time, their four leaders, they showed them, two of them were old, and they would be done within a few years – and two of them were, were addicts. Yep. <laughs> they were the guys in their early 20s yep. talking straw. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> guys just don't do that anymore. You know, they get and their Ray sleep. Ray Knight and, and Hernandez were the two the leaders of the team, like yeah. that, like keep guys in order, you know, get the fuck over here. And, and, and then and Gary Carter was the only clean living guy of the bunch, the kid, you know, and he was for real. He was that clean, but they, yeah. it, it's fascinating. It really is. It's good stuff. I would highly recommend it. I'm going to watch it, watch it tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, here we go. Uh, here's a, here's a troubling stat to me. The Braves passed nine losses. Six have been by one run and the others by two runs. And it underscores why this is not a good development. They put Luke Jackson on the paternity list yesterday reinstated Chris Martin from the IL. Chris Martin had one rehab appearance. He had right elbow inflammation, pitched really poorly at the end before he went on the uh, IL September 2nd. Uh, had one rehab appearance at Gwinnett, clean any two ground outs, one fly out. But Luke has been their best pitcher lately, their best reliever. Yep. I mean, he's pitched great. He's pitched great all season, but especially like the last 20 appearances, he's been unbelievable, man. So you hope that she has the baby in a hurry and he's here because he hasn't missed a game yet. And I think, Darno was on the paternity list like three days. So it obviously just depends on how quick she gives birth. So, but then he's got to fly out here. Sometimes it takes three days. <laughs> right. And then he's got to fly out here. We're on the West coast. Not like at home when they were at home when Darno was on it. So um, we'll see. 
But Luke, they can't really afford to go along without him as well as he's pitched. That bullpen is they had, you know, they get they get they've gotten beat up all year unfairly because the bullpen has been pretty solid. They've been good. Yeah. But but here here's a typical case. So they lost three, two, and ten innings on Wednesday, second game of that Rocky series. Brace go one for ten with runners in scoring position. And the, the bullpen comes in after Enoa gives up two runs in four and two thirds. The bullpen goes five and a third innings. They don't give up a single hit until the tenth inning. Mentor gives up a hit. You know they start the inning with the runner at second base. Yep. So they lose. It's an unearned run, and everybody, you know, people on Twitter, some people on Twitter are shitting on the bullpen. I'm like, are you kidding me? They went five and a third innings without giving up a hit until that one hit by Mentor. Uh, they didn't just- give up. That's the life of a bullpen guy. <laughs> you did as great. You did as well as you can possibly pitch, really, yeah. in that game. Well, yeah, and, and when did. you're talking about losing three, four, five, six games by one or two runs, that's normally because your bullpen did do a great job. You know, unless yeah. it's unless there's some big comeback and you lose right. by one, but most of the time it's. You know, I mean, there's got to be a spotlight on the offense in those games. Right, because they're if keeping you, you in at it, it, giving you a chance, and you're yeah. not pulling it out. If like you looked at it, I mean, I heard Frenchie say it too, was they, they had their opportunities to win a lot of those games, and the yeah. offense just got cold at a bad time. Right, yeah. They had they went from having about six or seven guys hot to right now, the newcomers are really the guys that are producing. And, you know, and not that Freddie and Riley are really – have been bad lately, but Freddie's been fine, but they're not doing what they were doing where, you know, every time Riley stepped up there, he felt like he was a threat. Yeah. You know, and Dansby too. He went from the hottest hidden shortstop in baseball for a month to really struggling lately. I mean, you thought Dansby, you hoped he was past the streaky part, but he's, he's scuffling lately again. So, I mean, where would they be without the newcomers? My God, man, they've kept them afloat. Oh, that's been a game changer. Yeah, I, I mean, that, and you know, like with Dansby, with these guys, that just for me, it always emphasizes how tough the game is. You know, it, it's you fall into one bad habit, and you can go from being one of the best short, hitting shortstops in the game, and everything's yeah. working out, and you're getting big knots. You know, to all of a sudden, you just drop your shoulder a quarter inch, and you pop out to the warning track, or you you swing and miss. You know, that's what's so tough about the season and why it's so hard to put together a good year and good numbers. And I mean, why I appreciate a guy like Freddie so much, cause he finds a way yeah. to do it year in year out, but those things change, man. And, and those are, that's when you get into your slumps and they just, when you have two or three or four guys get into a little funk like that at the same time, you lose some of the games that they're losing. And for what a month and a half, they won all those games. Yeah. And that was a team we watched for two years. They won all those games. You know, it seemed like every year somebody came up with the big hit, but they didn't have it the last week or so. And bullpen did great, but the bullpen's going to get blamed because you wind up giving up. Mm-hmm. You get that L, L next to your name. Yeah, you can't just do it all night. You can't go 15 innings putting up zeros waiting for the team to get a hit, you know? Right. You might uh, without that extra inning rule. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of hurt them a lot this year. Right. With that extra inning rule, you cannot do that. You could have gone 15 innings maybe before. But yeah. when you start up with runner second base, teams that know how to that go for one run, you yeah. know, they just move the guy to third. Then you got two shots to get him in. Yeah. And I feel like for some reason, I don't ever feel when it's tied, I feel like the home team plays for one run. But I always feel like the home team in those situations is playing for a walk off instead of just 
you know, let's let's just get the guy over, get him in, and then try to win the next inning. If we can get you almost you gotta get lucky. Like I, I look at it as if we can get lucky and put up a zero with a runner starting on second base next inning. Yeah. You know, and, and just go back and forth with them one run apiece versus trying to walk them off that first inning. It's it's tough. So you think the visiting team goes for one run. Goes for, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and I think it's a big advantage because if they yeah. get that knock. Yep. Then the pressure's on you. Yep. And so just getting to go first and establish that run, yep. it, it puts a lot more pressure. Cause then when you're the when you're the home team, you know, you're you're thinking you gotta get a couple knocks to or a knock to tie it, but they always right. look at it as like they gotta get this walk off. Yeah. Guys put a lot more pressure on themselves when they have to hit versus if we don't get a knock, you know, maybe our reliever puts up a zero. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that it's a whole new dynamic and, and mentally I think some guys are still trying to figure out how they approach it. And teams yeah. are figuring out it. And the Braves have not done a good job with this rule for two years. You know, some teams some teams go up there and bunt the guy over to third or have guys that can hit to the right side of the infield and get that guy over to third, and it's automatic. I do Braves it every aren't time. one of those teams. They don't do it. And I think, and, you know, I would walk that first runner a lot and try to set up a double play because yeah. that's your best chance getting out of that. I don't see too many teams do it, but – I guess, you know, that's one of the numbers things is you got a better shot of taking three shots to get a hit and get Analytics. the guy in. There is a lot of strikeouts is the only reason I kind of get on that bandwagon a little bit is because if you get the sack fly and the next dude that comes up is not a contact guy, right, right. get a punchy, and you can pitch for a strikeout run around third and two bases open. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but yeah. I think teams just go for the hits too often. I'd rather see a runner get on third and, and just try to make something happen. The game, man, if you'd have had this rule in the game 10, 15 years ago, that I mean, it would have been automatic. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Teams would have bunted the guy over or had a guy hit to the right side of the infield, got him over, and then had a sack fly and got him in. But those skills are not really prevalent in today's game. Yeah. Well, you don't um, get paid for them. No. A lot of guys can't just hit a sack fly on cue and, or, or even hit a ground ball to the right side of the infield and bring to get a guy over on cue. Yeah. Much and less bunt. Nobody bunts. Yeah, and you got to cut the hitters a little break because the stuff's definitely yeah. Oh yeah, for maybe sure. pitchers aren't as accurate, but yeah, you know, it's, I would say it's going to be pretty tough to score up ninety-eight versus ninety-one. Well, you know, the makes fact it that they're harder. not as accurate makes it, it makes even it harder. harder to yeah, I mean, you might try to go throw one down and away, and he might hit you in the face. In the face, you're squaring <laughs> yeah. the butt. I guess yeah. the guy at those ninety-eight mile an hour, you know, ninety-three slider and a hundred <laughs> fastball, yeah. and he's not always sure where it's going. There's a lot more randomness in the game today. Uh, so another troubling stat. Atlanta fell to four and eight in extra inning games, which for a playoff team, that's not good, man. I mean, Mm-mm. most of the playoff teams have winning records in those situations, obviously. But four and eight, here, and here's the troubling part. It's not it's not the bullpen. It's what they've done offensively in those spots. This is staggering. They've hit 163 with a 256 slugging percentage in extra innings. I think, think it's about seven, that. seven hits all year. Seven hits and 12 extra inning games. Four of the seven hits came in one game, May 8th, the 12 inning game against Philly. Three hits in the other games. So, whatever it is about that, I mean, yeah. It's tough. So you might want to think about manufacturing for sure. Doing whatever you can to get that one run. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that, that Metro came in. Metro's pitched a lot better lately. So uh, yeah, the, the bullpen's okay right now. They could use Rich Rod to get on that kind of run that he was on when he first yeah. got over here. But he's had a couple of outings where he, you know, where he looks like he's getting back uh, back on good footing. But uh, they had that hasn't been the problem lately. It's really it hasn't been the pen. So what's so tough about it is Minter threw the ball well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they got the run of the third with one out, and then the Braves had to go infield in. The dude hit the ball yeah. hard up the middle, but it's a, a play a guy might make, you know, if if he's playing back and nobody starts inning at second, you don't have to put the infield in. Giving up a leadoff double, you know, as a reliever is almost, you know, the mindset I was taught was just concede that run mm-hmm. unless it's a one-run game, but minimize the damage and keep it to that. You yeah. almost forget about that guy, and instead it's it's a go-ahead run every time to kick off the inning. I don't I don't really know how I would – fair in those situations because I almost always gave up one hit or one walk or something and then worked my way through an inning. There's just, there's no room for error at all. So yeah, Tough spot for a reliever. It's like giving up, like you said, a leadoff double. You're starting yeah. the inning like that. My mindset every time I gave up a leadoff double was both, you know, odds are that guy's scoring, you know, make some pitches, try to keep it to one, you know, unless it was a tie game or that was a go ahead run. Then you start pitching for strikeouts and trying to get out of it, but you're so much better just accepting that that guy's going to score and just making pitches and making sure it doesn't turn into a two or a three spot. But when it's, when it's a tie game and extras and he just starts there, you know I mean? That's, that makes it really tough. And here's the, uh, here's the other one besides four and eight and extra inning games. And this one is really, uh, this is almost unfathomable. The Braves are one in 10 in games that, that were tied entering the ninth inning tied after the eighth inning one in 10. I mean, Arizona, that's the worst in the majors. Arizona's wor- the next worst, and they're 4-11. and 11. Braves have won one game like that this year that was tied entering the ninth inning. And they won them. They probably went 9-1 and one if it was, you know, last two years before this. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, if you just exactly. go 5-5 f- five five in those games, it's pretty much wrapped up right now. It's a reversal of what they were, what yeah. they've been, their M.O. in the last few years. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. We went over this a few podcasts ago about how bad they've hit in late and close situations. Um, they uh, The Braves with runners in scoring position, I know everybody harps on that. They're still 12th in the majors in that 258. They slipped a little bit. I mean, they're still – they're just ahead of the Dodgers at 259. They're fifth in OPS with runners in scoring position, 798. Again, just ahead of the Dodgers, 795. But uh, Adam Duvall – that dude's been unbelievable with runners on yeah. base and with runners in scoring yeah. position. He's hitting 323 with an 1125 OPS with runners in scoring position. Damn. Six best OPS in the majors in those spots. But in late and close situations, the Braves, and, and this is where they were when I, when I brought this up about a month ago, they are still last in the majors with a 188 average. In late and close situations, that's that's uh, it's hard to believe. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. The D backs are next lowest average at one ninety seven. Braves are tied for twenty sixth in OPS in those spots. Which you'd say, okay, yeah, they're not hitting for average, but they're hitting some bombs, so it's okay. No, they're six twenty six OPS in those spots. The only teams they're just behind the Rangers, and the only teams that are worse with than OPS in late and close: Tigers, D backs, and Pirates. That's not a group you want to be in offensively. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the way you could look at it, though, is shit's got to even out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you'd, that, if, you'd hope because you've got if 20 If you're games. one of those guys, you got to figure 
you know, we couldn't keep this up if we tried. Yeah. And the problem is that, that they've had, it's kind of been across the board, like all their good hitters that have been, you know, great. Yeah. In so many, so many situations just aren't in those late and close situations. I don't know if this guy's trying to do too much. That's usually the case, you know, guys. Usually, like, yeah. Uh, but you would never look, you would never guess who, who their leader is on the team in OPS and late and close situations. I bet you wouldn't guess. Try. Shit. I don't know. Cause you said, I'd never guess. Jock Peterson. I would have, I, I might have guessed that honestly, but you said I'd never guess it. Yeah, so I threw you off. He's <laughs> he's at eight forty six OPS late and close. That's 39th in the majors. They don't have anyone higher in OPS in those situations, and he spent, of course, half the season with the Cubs, more than half. Their next highest OPS in late and close, Ozzy Albee, seven seventy two, which is fifty fifth in the majors. Then you go to Jorge Soler at 770, and he's been half his season with Kansas City or more, 100 games. Austin Riley is at 230. He's at 236, 748 OPS late and close. Freddie Freeman, he's at 232 with a 721 OPS in late and close. Not what you would expect, man. That'll level out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think. If not, maybe the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm saying is I think once you get these guys to the playoffs too, it, they'll kick into another gear because – not saying the regular season's a lull and they're trying to win the the division still, but it'll be a different different atmosphere once they get to the playoffs. But you know you got to kind of right the ship before then too. Explain, that's, those are some ugly numbers. It explains though those those numbers though in games tied in early ninth inning and uh, obviously extra inning your 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 record in extra innings. I mean that explains it right there when you don't have anybody yeah. really breaking in those situations. Uh, by the way, Adam Duvall. And Dansby Swanson are both near the bottom of the MLB qualifiers in late and close. I mean, Duvall hitting. I wouldn't have called that. (laughs) No, because the way Duvall's hit with runners in scoring position, you would think it would just carry over to other clutch situations late and close. I feel like he hits a lot of big knocks in the third through fifth inning. Now that you say that, though, because it's normally like a three run homer, third, fourth, fifth that puts him ahead. That's just as important, you know, opens the game up or gets him back in it. But yeah. And I I, mean, I always think of Dansby as pretty clutch, too. It's a yeah. Everybody has for years. It's like a fairly small sample size, but it's not that small. I mean, you're this deep in the season. Duvall's hitting 158 with a 548 OPS and 57 at bats late and close. Dansby's hitting 161 with a 540 OPS and 56 at bats in those situations. So anyway, we'll see. But it doesn't bode well for scoring a lot of runs in late, in, 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 you know, after the seventh inning when you're uh, in a close game when nobody's really excelling in those spots. Good news, you got the bullpen to take the heat if they give up one. <laughs> and they know? will take the heat. <laughs> yeah. And you watch if uh if uh if our boy Luke gives up runs, they shit all over him if he has one bad outing. Here we go. That's the same old Luke I'm used to. Never mind that he's had a whole season where he's been good. <laughs> yeah. That's just I mean, that's just how it is as a reliever. I remember my mom used to hate Heathcliff Slocum. She just lost it every time he came in the game, whether he was good or bad. But that's the only reason I remember the relievers because my mom just, just couldn't stand it. You know, she thought he was going to blow it every time he came in. Yeah. And it's like when you get that tag on you or people feel that way about you, every time you yeah. do well, they just kind of breathe, breathe a sigh of relief and then watch the right. stars play. But every time you come in and blow it, you know, it's like confirmation. It's like, I knew it. I knew he was going to do it. And it, it with Luke, I don't know. It's it's followed him around for a while. He's had he's had some pretty good years. 
Well, I don't think it's going away. I mean, he's having a career. It'll go away if he goes yeah. to another team. Yeah. That's yeah. When Braves he starts there. now, I mean, and there's plenty of Braves fans that appreciate what he's done and said it on Twitter and yeah. all that. But you look at his numbers, man. He's having one of the better years of any reliever. Yeah. That's in the league. His ERA is going to be up below two with another good couple of good outings. He's right at right above two right now in ERA, and he's like you know pitched almost sixty times. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, then you go to a new team and you get off to a bad start. Yeah. It's going to it's it'll take two years to shake that. <laughs> you have a bad April with Boston. You know, it's like that's just how it is as a reliever. You, you you have to learn as a reliever to just do your job and know that your teammates appreciate you and and not. Um, not check in online too right. much. And I think he's good in that regard. Yeah. Uh, we'll get him on the podcast again. Maybe before the season's over. After he's had a kid. I wouldn't put that on him after having, yeah, having a kid. True. We might have probably <laughs> missed our opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, this last start by Tukey, man. I don't know what to make of this season that he's having, but he's had a, he had an opportunity when Smiley fell on his face, you know, and they gave Tukey this fifth spot. And he's made three starts and struggled. And I think he's frittered away that opportunity to really nail that spot down. And I think they were going to turn to probably to Smiley, but somebody else was going to get that start Sunday. If he had not, if it had not gotten uh, uh, made unnecessary by the rain out, but they're going to need him during this. They're going to need a fifth starter during this run of during this road trip. So somebody's yeah. going to have to get, get the call. And Tukey is really, you know, it's like Snit said, I always say if Tukey can get the ball over the plate and four swings, he's got a chance to be really effective because you've talked about it. Stuff is so good. It's so good. But when he doesn't throw strikes and people can spit on it, you know, it's like when they make him throw strikes and he doesn't do it, it can get ugly. I think he just needs that go down in flames mindset, you know, and that's what's tough when you're up and down and not establishing yourself is, you're questioning every start if it's going to be your last, you know, so yeah. there's so much more pressure. I mean, that's that's why I've talked about in the past. It'd be great for him to be with a team that's rebuilding right now. Yeah. And and him knowing I'm getting five more starts after this one. So when he gets first and second, one out in the third inning, and, and it turns into a four spot right now, mm-hmm. it's him trying to be perfect and not give it up, you know, to, to stay on the team, stay in the rotation. There's so much more riding on it for him than if you're with a team that's out of it. And they're just like, look, man, you're getting four more starts learn how to get out of this, take your lumps. It's it's really tough development-wise, the position he's in. Yeah. But you have to figure it out. You know, nobody feels sorry for you getting a shot to pitch in the major leagues. With a contender, with a division leader. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, – Tuesday's game, he gave up uh, two homers and four runs in the first five innings, and he came out after giving up the second of those homers with none out in the fifth. So he didn't get any outs in the fifth. Yeah. And they lost 5-4. So he's had three September starts – Pitched a total of 10 innings, went three innings in the other two. 10 innings, given up 12 hits, 12 runs, nine of them earned, seven walks, four homers. Not good. No. And that's another one of those things, too, is like, you know, if you wind up trading him and he goes off, you know, he goes to Texas or he goes to, you know, somewhere like the East and West Coast, he goes to San Francisco and has this crazy year, you know, he might not have turned into that guy here because. Yeah. You, yeah. It's also hard to shake that here we go again tag that gets yeah. placed on you. You know, like Kyle Wright's got it on him. If Kyle Wright comes up and has two good starts, everybody's still just waiting for him to fail. And I yeah. feel like Tukey's gotten pretty deep into that territory. Lucas where Sims was in that. Sims was in it. He went somewhere else and 
he messed up, started pointing fingers at the Braves and yeah. saying they didn't. You know, it's like they can't develop need pitchers. To, yeah, you don't need to say that. But he's a good dude, you know, from what I've read, but and been around him. But you know, with Tukey, he's creeping into that territory where as soon as he has that one bad start. Mm-hmm everybody's going to expect him to have another bad one. And and what you can't let happen is you can't start thinking that yourself. You know, you have to be able to shake it off, say that was a bad one, make the adjustments you need to make and keep trucking. But it, it's really hard when you're worried about getting sent down, you're worried about losing your rotation spot. I think, you know, guys just put so much pressure on themselves to be perfect in his position. And it's, it's tough for him. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it so many times, a lot of times it takes a, a fresh start and yeah, I mean, we've even seen it happens where guys end up signing a minor league contract with somebody else. Guys that are out of options go somewhere with a minor league contract. There's no pressure. They just go and they're pitching a triple A on a minor league deal, having a great year. Then they get called up and boom, it's a different guy. I mean, they're not pitching with that pressure, that yoke of, uh, you know, of uh, expectations and of being a former first round pick and all that. I think he still feels that he's a former first round pick. And here we are seven years into his. I think it's seven years into his pro career, and he really hasn't established himself at the big league level yet, even though he's had two yeah. or three games here, game here, you know, where he's looked dynamite, like a first-round pick. Too many well, he's other got games. the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every time he's locked in, the swings and misses he gets, his yeah. fastball beats guys. His fastball is not straight. It's moving all over the place, which, you know, makes it harder to throw strikes. But almost every one of his starts, is, I, I think, is when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is going to be dictated – by how patient the other team is right. here. If they make him work, they can get him. But if they come out and try to be aggressive, yeah. his stuff's going to beat him. And and they have to make him grind. And that's that's another lesson that I don't think you can learn in AAA because nobody can handle your stuff. So they have to right. cheat and they have to do more. And you wind up catching a lot of the breaks that he's not catching in the majors. Yeah, that, that's the that's the fallacy that people have uh, when guys go down AAA and all of a sudden they're pitching great or hitting great and go – He's just he's figured some things out in AAA. It's time to bring him back. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it doesn't. B Max got the best quote on that of all time. Uh, I think it was 2009. We were in St. Louis and we were talking about AAA this and AAA that, and we were going to call some guy up and everybody's excited about him. I can't remember the story, but, but you know this same type of conversation. And he's like, yeah, but you can't learn that lesson in AAA. He goes, people think you know it's triple a is triple a and then there's bottom you know four a is the major leagues it's like four a five a he's like albert pools isn't playing four a or five a he's playing 75 a <laughs> you know and so you don't run into guys like right without a higher league to get called up to mike trout these guys in the middle of the order joey vados that can just completely just wreck you yeah you know, you you yeah. you face one dude in triple a that's in the same boat you're in he's trying to get to the yeah. majors in the middle of the lineup. And then you got the seven, eight, nine journeymen, you know, right. so you don't face like a, a whole team of guys that are playing five, a nine, a 12, a 16, a 75, a you just face three, a yeah. and maybe four, a. And so you have to be in the majors to learn a lot of these lessons. And that's what makes it tough is you just, you got to be here to do it. But if yeah. the team's trying to win, you fail, you go back and play against that lesser competition. And people think you figured it out when maybe you just went to an easier league. Yeah. No doubt. It can be frustrating for everybody involved. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where the Braves turn for that number five. But uh, there's not a lot of good options like there used to be, you know, when you had some some guys on the rise or that were pitching, that were all pitching well, that kind of thing. And there's not the roster spot. 
you know, to have right. uh, Moeller, Davidson, uh, guys just waiting, you know, because you throw Tukey out there for two innings. If he gets in any trouble, he gets yanked. Yeah. A guy gets to come in and try to clean it up and maybe earn his spot. There's there's not that tryout yeah. roster spot to have to to see if somebody could contribute. Yeah. I think the bit, it might be better off doing it as a bullpen game because there's only 19 games left. It's not like you got yeah. to do a lot. You don't have to do it a couple times. They might be better off doing it that way, you know? Yeah. You know, whether that's run Smiley out there and assume, if he struggles at all, get him out of there. Or, Next guy. You know, might end up yeah. have to be what they have to do, which they've got at one extra reliever right now, you know, so or two. He knows look good. He knows has been a he's yes. been throwing the ball well. Yeah, he has. I think you can tell the difference in that he has, doesn't have quite the stamina he had before. So he kind of yeah. falters maybe in that fourth, fifth yeah. inning, but he's look the stuff is uh is there. He just doesn't doesn't maintain it as long as he did before yeah. he got hurt. Yeah. But he's still got a few weeks to get it together before. Even if you can get a playoffs. solid five yeah. out of him in the playoffs, you got extra off days. You yeah. can go to the pen I like earlier. the rotation. I, I like the rotation. I feel good about his spot. Yeah. And Ian Anderson and Freed are both gotten some rest and that kind of thing. So nobody's showing signs of fatigue. So just that fifth spot's the one struggling. But you don't have to use it a couple more times. So we'll see. But all right. We got. Uh, Giants starting tonight here in San Francisco. Three games here, then four in Arizona, then three in San Diego. Need to clean up in Arizona. They better. San Diego's not playing well lately either, but we'll see. No, but they're tough, and that's a tough place to go. Tough place to go, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, 755 is real. We will talk again on uh, Monday or Monday or Tuesday. Sounds good. We're out.